Pantan. Pantan. Is that okay? Pantan. Like the way you would say pot. Pantan. Yeah, pantan. Like ah. Uh, so pot. Pot. Pantan. 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 different today. We are launching a new Minnesota series called Panchan, which will accompany our main podcast. We're thinking of this as a space to talk more about food, identity, and social justice, and to also give our commentary on the social media discourse on food. We're also going to be talking more about the local food scene here in Seattle, and hopefully that will help us give some love to the restaurant industry, which is really hurting right now. Today's episode is a special double feature. First, we begin with a conversation between Pauline and myself, Christina, about Hainan chicken rice and how it blew up on Twitter recently. Later, we give a short update on food news in the International District and Capitol Hill. And in part two of today's episode, Thomas and Jenny talk about voting and the current presidential elections, whose stakes seem to be higher than ever. They talk about some of their thoughts about the candidates, about the election process, and also how their feelings about all this have changed since 2016. Without further ado, here's Pauline and myself and our much more awkward introduction to today's episode. Hello, we are launching our mini-sode idea that uh, occasionally we're going to sprinkle in smaller episodes, shorter, like 20 minutes or so, um, that are called Panchan. Panchan. <laughs> I obviously struggle at saying the actual word, um, but we were thinking that this is like a, si- a bunch of side dishes to go with mm. like our main podcast episodes. Um, and we're going to focus a bit more on like Twitter food discourse, like what what's happening in the food world, and also um, share a bit more about local news in terms of the restaurant scene and food scene here in Seattle. So what is happening on Twitter food discourse this week? So someone posted a photo of Hainan chicken rice. Um, Hainan Jifen. Hainan Jifen. Hainan Jifen. <laughs> See, I also struggle with like pronunciation as well. Um, they unintentionally basically triggered all of Asian food Twitter with a photo of like Hainan chicken rice. So... Um, so it's like poached chicken and white rice that's cooked in the chicken fat, yes. right? Yeah. So it's like um, a stock that's made from like the poached chicken mm-hmm. um, with like some other like like ginger and like pandan and a bunch of yeah. herbs. A yeah. lot, a lot of different flavors, like yeah. a lot of really complex flavors. But it looks like like white meat chicken on top of white rice <laughs> with like a little thing of sauce and like you know some cucumbers, some like cilantro. Um, and their tweet reads. Um, I'm sure people with sensitive stomachs and special diets, parentheses, and four-year-olds with DoorDash accounts, and parentheses, appreciate having an option for delivery, but I get so upset whenever I see this chicken. <laughs> so I don't think that this person ever tried the chicken. No. I think that they just saw a photo of it when they were ordering DoorDash, took a screenshot, posted it to Twitter, and then basically every like big Asian Twitter personality was like, trying to gently correct them, but also being so upset at the same time. Um, So I feel like, I don't think this is like super representative, but I follow like Jenny Yang and Angry Asian Man, that's like Phil Yu, 
um, and like Jeff Yang and like even Lulu Wang, Lulu Wang got in on this. Um, so basically everyone kind of came through and was like, hey, like this is actually super delicious. This is a... It's like a national dish from Singapore, mm-hmm. basically, um, coming from the Hainan region. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I, I'm Singaporean, like on top of the many other identities I hold. <laughs> um, and I grew up eating this. And like, of course, it doesn't look like it's going to be super flavorful. But unless you've actually tried it, like you won't realize how complex and delicious it is. Mm-hmm. So it, it it did hurt when I saw this tweet. It was yeah. like, Ugh. And it, it's not just like someone made this, you know, kind of ignorant comment about Asian food. It's we've gotten this our whole lives, right? Like we've heard so many different people make comments about Asian food. It's like, oh, that looks disgusting. Mm-hmm. Or like that smells weird. Or like on fresh off the boat, he brings, I think he brings like chow mein or something to school or like lo mein. And they're like, ew, like Eddie's eating worms. And it's literally like that, yeah. right? It's like, it's noodles. You have had noodles. I'm assuming you've eaten spaghetti in your life, but it just, it looks a little bit different. It smells a little different. And there's just, you can't just like let people off the hook all the time for like not having eaten that particular food, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can teach kids or people, like adults, as this person was who tweeted, to be able to be tolerant of things that they've never, they don't know. Like yeah. they've never eaten it themselves or they've never smelled it or, you know, they've never been around it. Like you don't, just because you haven't tried something, it doesn't give you a license to make a sad comment about it. Right. On, in a public space, which Twitter is. It kind of like, I can't help but try to crawl into this person's headspace though like what was in their minds when they were like coming out with this like hot take on twitter because i'm sure like there's this ongoing discourse about how like white people don't season their food which is like oh a my thing God. it is a thing that oprah one million dollar chicken recipe where she eats it and she's just like did you um so is there like salt and pepper in this? And the woman's like, no. And it's just like this white woman serving up this like white chicken meat. And Oprah's face is like, oh my God, she didn't season it. Right. Yeah. It's so sad. Which is like for real a thing. And and it's a valid critique in so many cases, like as per this Oprah case. But like, did this person not read like the name of the chicken? Like, you know, like, did they literally just open up a web page and like saw like this picture without any context and was like mm-hmm. oh this must be some unseasoned white meat like chicken like but it was probably like if they were on doordash and like scrolling through the options like it must have been at an asian restaurant right. i can't think of any like it hasn't been like co-opted by like the white hipsters yet right right, right. So, so i don't know that's that's, that's, what, context, that's for me like. like the most perplexing thing about this whole situation mm-hmm. and and i think like if if they were assuming it was, like, a white person not seasoning chicken situation, then, like, you know, I, I, I can see where that would fit into that discourse. But this mm-hmm. is, like, just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, obviously didn't do any research into, like, this dish and then just, like, came out and thought that Asians were going to, like, take it lying down. <laughs> or, yeah, I mean, for, like, social, I guess, positionality or whatever, like, this person appears to be, like, Black or POC, mm-hmm. or both, or, <laughs> like, I don't know, we don't know, um, but what, I was, like, joking, like, before we started the segment that it was, like, a POC on POC crime, mm-hmm. right, and it's, like, oh, man, like, now we have to take, like, all the white people, like, hating on our food, and now we have to take it from, like, other ethnic groups or yeah, whatever, yeah, so yeah. that was, so there's something to that, too, like, I feel like if you're a POC, you had, you've been othered in your Mm -hmm. life. Like you've been, your food has been othered, your experiences and like 
the culture that you grew up with probably has been othered because it's most likely not represented well in like mainstream media. So like, hopefully you should be able to understand what it feels like when people are like, ew, what's that? Like, I don't understand. Um, yeah, I mean, people came through and like tried to gently educate. Like they were so nice about mm-hmm. it, right? Maybe that's like hashtag Asian Twitter. Like mm-hmm. we try to gently educate about everything. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people were like, this is so upsetting. And then I don't And then a lot of people also, you know, in honor of this, like tried to order or like make it themselves, uh, which I think Lulu Wang said she made it for made it for Barry Jenkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did. <laughs> like, she oh, did. we're eating good tonight. Yeah. But, yeah. And I should say, like, as a as a vegan person, as a person who does not eat meat, like I really wanted it again because mm-hmm. it's like it's super comforting. Like I should say. I think it's comfort food, but I don't think it's bland. It is so I think there's a difference. And not bland. Especially okay. It's it's the condiments are so crucial in mm-hmm. this dish. And like yes. there's the soy sauce is not regular soy sauce. It's like the sticky, thick soy sauce. Mm-hmm. And it's like more sweet. Mm-hmm. So you have that and then like the savoriness of the chicken and then especially the oil rice is like ugh, so good. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a lot of complex flavors in there, like ginger, like there's the pandan, there's like, you know, all sorts of things. And then there's like the freshness of the cucumber. So there's like a mm-hmm. lot. It's not mm-hmm. just like chicken rice, you know, like it's definitely not bland. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that people were, you know, gently educating. And I think that's, that's, that's how we should go, especially like if this is like an inter-ethnic kind of conversation situation. And then like, hopefully like they got a chance to try this dish and realize it's not trash. That is the redemption arc that we want to see from this person. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, here's a video of me eating it. Like, oh, holy shit. I fucked up. Like this is so good. Right. And they, they apologized, right? They did. So they um, they they did delete the original comment, which like dirty deleting is a thing. Like if you fuck up, like unless I feel like there's something in there that is so harmful to people that it like literally will continue to perpetuate harm if you don't delete it. Like if you do delete it, take a screenshot and post it later. Um, so this person did delete their original post um, after I think they responded and said, um, I'm sorry for being ignorant and judgmental, the worst possible combo, especially to people who've had who had to hear a dumb comment about food they love. Thanks for the correction. Prayer hands. And then they, um, for the record, they like included a screenshot of their original tweet with like a giant X through it to make it very clear that's like, I don't, you know, this wasn't good. Yeah, which I, I think like, is good. Yeah, that's gracious. You know, that's like you're gonna you're owning up, you're apologizing. It's all good. And at the end of the day, like, yes. The, like as Pauline shared, like it's very like there's context to this where there is mm-hmm. like r- racial trauma, you know, of having your food othered and like looked down upon. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, it's also like food. <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah. I mean, we shouldn't get all nationalist in here. We definitely shouldn't like try to one up each other and mm-hmm. like yeah. So my dish is the best dish, kind right? Of thing. Yeah. Right. So I mean, I'm glad. Like if if this resulted in more deliciousness shared than this is great. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did see tweets where people were like, oh, I didn't know what this was. This sounds like very good from yeah. what everyone's described. Right. So maybe we're just like out here, like evangelizing the chicken rice to like new people. Yeah. This was a, this was a PR stunt. <laughs> <laughs> a marketing ploy from the Singaporean government. <laughs> They're like, so we have like COVID-19, but we also need to make sure that people start to eat this dish. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Ugh, I'm so glad that everyone like came together and like defended it too. Because yeah. I also feel like what happens a lot of the time is that 
like food will just get like you know like insulted or whatever mm-hmm. and then nothing happens because yeah. the stereotype is that like asian people don't say anything right right yeah no like don't come for our food like <laughs> <laughs> actually yeah. at least like you know Pauline and i will will come for you <laughs> like, yeah. we're out here like in, at 2 a.m on twitter searching like <laughs> bad hot takes on Asian food. We're ready. We're like, mobile SDR. <laughs> roll in, roll in. <laughs> Drag them out. Oh, God. All right. Should we move on to some uh, recent food news in Seattle? Yeah. Let's get local. What's let's been happening? local. Oh, um, I want to talk about Suica. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about Suica. Super sad. Suica is like izakaya style, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, izakaya yeah. style. Uh, Japanese restaurant in Cap Hill. Really, really like them because they had very, like, I mean, it kind of felt like you were in Tokyo or New York, you know, mm-hmm. in there. It had, like, great buzzing vibes. Like, it was small and cozy, but, like. And their food was fucking delicious. So good. Small plates. Really interesting combinations. Um, Yeah, it was, like, one of my favorite restaurants. And it's really sad that they're closing. Um, But I do know that they have a different outlet. I forget the name of the restaurant. It's Tamari Bar. Right. So um, literally all I've had at Tamari Bar was like alcohol while I was kind of drunk and like a <laughs> bunch of fries. And so like I don't know what the food is like at Tamari Bar, but it's also like Japanese mm-hmm, influenced. Yeah. Definitely yeah. A, a super different vibe because I feel like Suiko was somewhere you could go to like treat yourself. Right. Um, and like have like a bunch of random dishes with friends. Like it's best like family style, obviously um so i don't know i think tomorrow bar is probably okay Mm -hmm. so i guess like go and support your favorite restaurants yeah so if you want to support like suika's spirit you can still enjoy its dishes at tamari bar um but i just for me it's not just the food it's like the whole vibe of the place so it Mm -hmm. is really sad that they're closing um but i'm hoping that there'll be like new izakaya places like eventually like when we get our shit together with this pandemic um but for now, that's the end of a chapter. <laughs> All right, on to happier news. Um, TPT just opened in the ID. So it's a it's a Taiwanese, like, new boba place. Um, it's not new in terms of, like, its history. Like, it's been in Taiwan for a long time. It's mm. all across Asia. And uh, now it's finally made its way to Seattle. Um, they are... They're really good. They're solid drinks. Really tasty. Oh, we I loved tried... my passion fruit tea. Yeah. You but had without a, caffeine. You had a passion fruit slushy. A slushy. Yeah. It was so and good. I had the the TPT trio, I believe. It just had like three different types of toppings in it. So mm. it had like coffee jelly. It had um, another type of jelly. I think it was like a lychee jelly. Mm-hmm. And then also boba. Mm-hmm. But I don't love the boba consistency like it's um it's harder than like what i would like i i I like the more like chewy but still like soft and unctuous like kind of boba unctuous unctuous Mm. and um it it doesn't really do that so for that i will take some points off (laughs) but the quality of the tea itself was great Mm, yeah like it tasted really good and it was really good that there were non-caffeinated options so the slushes were non-caffeinated mm-hmm. but, but i also the- need non-dairy <laughs> oh right 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 um, this is why i didn't like boba for so long <laughs> no but that was the only two that didn't oh, have dairy or caffeine the trio and the slushy. no no the the mango and the passion fruit slushy uh-huh. those were the only two so so tasty though for people who can't have caffeine or like well i think there's more options of it's non-dairy Mm-hmm. But um, for those of you who can't have caffeine, then TPT is not friendly f- towards you. 
Oh, yeah. And then there's two Korean places that are opening or have opened during pandemic, which is always nice to see a business like opening in the pandemic. This has been such a hard time for small businesses and like particularly like Asian owned businesses in Chinatown. Um, just with the Black Lives Matter, um, a lot of the protests that were happening in June, um, unfortunately, there was like some looting. Um, I, you know, I fully don't believe it was like the protesters or anything. It was just people like fucking breaking into Jade Garden in the middle of the night and yeah. like just, I don't know, wreaking havoc. Um, so yeah, I mean, so SPAC went to the art walk where um, SPAC member did some artwork and we, um, some other people did some photography. Um, so it's just like nice to see that spirit continue, especially in the face of like anti-Asian racism. Anyway, so um, the Korean barbecue place is called Pegolpa, which means like I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there isn't another Korean barbecue place like in Chinatown. A lot of the Korean barbecue places around here are like way flung out in the suburbs or they're in like U District by the or um, North University. Seattle. There's like a stretch and shoreline. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they're just kind of like there's not a lot of Korean places like inside Seattle. You yeah. just have to go super far north or more to like the southeast. Yeah. Um, Shout so yeah. out to Federal Way. Yeah, Federal Way has has it going on because that's where all the Korean people live. They don't live in Seattle. They live in the suburbs. <laughs> um, and then there's Milky Milky, which is a pingsu place, which is um, like shaved ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's super cute. And they have like cute toast. And it's very like the hip snacks that are like in Korea right mm-hmm. now. So um, it's super cute. I totally can't eat it because the shaved ice like has milk in it. <laughs> um, but I, I love and appreciate from a distance and, you know, go and support the new businesses that are opening. Yeah. Um, the only downside is I, I feel like for Pingsu, I'm going to say it wrong again, um, but it's I feel like you can't have it for takeaway. Well, no, I mean, because it starts. <laughs> yeah, it's like so giant and it's like overflowing, which is like gives you that visual pleasure of like abundant. Yeah. You know food right but i i can't do it for takeaway and then i don't want to eat there because i'm like still terrified of my like dying (laughs) oh oh i see what you mean okay sorry (laughs) yeah so that's that's my only thing it's like i've seen people go to milky milky and it looks really great and Mm -hmm. i've heard great things about it but i'm like being wary of eating indoors yeah and i can't do it for takeaway so what do i do (laughs) yeah and the barbecue place would be hard because it's like obviously you want to eat indoors so yeah how are they doing that i have i don't actually know when they're opening i just saw it's not open yet no 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 it's it's still in process we a friend and i walked by it the other day like a korean friend and i we were very pleasantly surprised because the other korean places in the id i don't think this is all of them but as far as i know there's like seoul tofu house Mm -hmm. um which says sundubu um and then there is one pot Mm -hmm. which is like closer to my house um and i love one pot because they have so many like veggie options um and my parents also like one pot which i feel like is like the true test of like if the food is good um but yeah it's just kind of those four places for me but it's really fun because it's like a sundubuji which is like the soft tofu house and then you have barbecue and then you have pingsu and then you have just like a restaurant that does different things that like they also have some barbecue there um, but it kind of feels like a good representation of different kinds of like Korean American restaurants mm-hmm. and like cafe places. So I'm very pleased with that, at least. Yeah. More Korean representation coming to the international district. Yeah. I spotted another Pingsu place, like I think on Madison, I want to say, like, like near Capitol Central Hill? District. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, just off of Cap Hill. Oh, I didn't And know so this. that place looks really cute too. And they like have all these new like 
you know, Korean snacks and desserts as well. So they have the one where it's like a slice of watermelon and, and it's like cut out in the middle and then they have like um, soft ice cream. Ooh. Yeah. That well, looks really, really good. cute. I, I'll look up the place and I like, I'll put it in the show notes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because yeah, that place looks really great. Yeah. Well, okay. great. Yeah. Those are some of our new like finds, I guess, and mm-hmm. some of the new um, developments that are both happy and sad. Um, if there are places that you're thrilled about or sad about that's closing or um, if there's food news that you're interested in um, and you'd like to hear our take on it or want to share your take, feel free to DM us on our Instagram, which is SPAC underscore snack, S-N-A-C-C. Um, and until next time, this is, <laughs> <laughs> is Punch-On. Punch-On. Bye. Anything that you hear or tell yourself that doesn't result in your ballot being cast is voter disenfranchisement. Disenfranchisement. You're being disenfranchised. So go out and vote. Yeah. Yeah. I think that most of us in the longest four year, previous four years of our lives are just like so anxious about this upcoming election. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel it. Like there's so much anxiety. I probably spend way too much time thinking about what might happen. Like Trump has brought out such ugliness in this country mm-hmm. that I think of it, like most of us are feeling like, is there even any hope left, you know, for us to like come together, like, a real country <laughs> yeah um just even watching the the, the differences between the two town halls not the debates because there was only one debate singular but just the way that they both responded to um, the, the moderator's questions and one felt so antagonistic and cruel and and hate-filled and the other was just I don't know, like normal, like a normal adult speaking. Yeah. And it was actually, I mean, I was kind of surprised at um, how bored I felt watching one of the candidates. And I was not only surprised, but then I also kind of hated myself for normalizing such of the ugliness and the rhetoric that we've been hearing in the media for the last four years. Yeah. And it's just, it's wild. It's like, Joe Biden acts so normal. It's almost like being just the fact that he's not antagonistic makes him a better candidate. You know, like, yeah, flat out that that's like the least. The bar is so low. (laughs) Yeah, it's so low. But you know what? Like the current administration and how much division there is in this country is really a good case for Biden. Mm-hmm. honestly neither of us voted for him in the primaries mm-hmm. but looking at the current state and what is happening in this country i am grateful for joe biden and his hope for the country and his desire to build back better <laughs> <laughs> well i've definitely seen you get more involved than you have in previous elections you want to talk more about that i mean yeah, oh, thank you. Um, 
I've been trying mainly because all the anxiety is making me feel like I need to put some anxiety into action. Mm-hmm. And I've been attempting to just become more informed about the candidates, mm-hmm. um, about Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, and then about elections. You know, it's hard to, I mean, elections in this country, it's not, it's not straightforward, right? Like mm-hmm. we have the electoral college, which is total bullshit. And we have swing states and sometimes, you know, um, just a lack of education too around mm-hmm around foreign policies and all that. Anyway, that and then I've also been trying my best to be more vocal about it mm-hmm. um, without coming off like angry. I probably bring it up too often at work. <laughs> 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 my coworkers love me, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love you? Oh, you're the, you're the sweetest. <laughs> what about you? How have you been dealing with the current situation voting and all that well i'm definitely past the point of being triggered by anger whenever i read or hear things on social media Mm. um i i know that when i feel myself getting upset all that really tells me is that i've been spending too much time on social media and Mm -hmm. that like the facebook algorithms or whatever social media algorithms have like perfected themselves to really fine-tune and push you know, the right buttons for me mm-hmm. to keep clicking, right? And I'm choosing to limit the amount of consumption of all of the anxiety that does e- exist in the world because I'm not negating that um, that it's, that there isn't anxiety or that people aren't feeling this way or that these articles aren't valid, right, mm-hmm. or legitimate. But just the way that I consume it, I've definitely limited. It's even like come to the point where at the vice presidential debates, mm-hmm. there were so many memes of people uh, sharing about the fly that was on the devil's head. I mean, Mike Pence's head <laughs> and all my social media feed showed me were like trucks and wheels and tires and, and it, dogs and dogs. <laughs> yeah. And donuts. And I was just so relieved that, that it took, you know, 20 minutes or so before um, all that other, garbage started kind of filtering through my somewhat mm-hmm. happy space you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah so i've definitely felt less anxious about it and i don't know for people who are listening if what they think about my algorithms but i'm sure it's very different than everyone else's who's yeah who's listening definitely different than yours yeah i mean you're so right i could definitely do less doom scrolling mm. doom scrolling is that is that a, is that a thing it's totally a thing hmm. I mean, yeah, media is built basically to make you feel emotions and it's a lot easier to talk about negative things Mm -hmm. than to think about positive um, or just to write about positive things Mm -hmm. because positive impact is usually just... Doesn't get the clicks. It doesn't get the clicks and you have to really research like... Mm. um, you know, how have things changed in a positive way? It's not like one little thing changes, has like all these impacts, but it's like a lot of things that has like positive impacts. Well, to your point that um, there was some research study that showed even for like misinformation, not even just negative things, but misinformation spreads like 
was it six or seven times or oh, 11 God. times faster than than the truth literally wildfires yes yeah literally of, wildfires of we're, we're thinking of all of our california friends yeah i'm so sorry what are your thoughts on like the current voter voting situation mm. well i think for all of like the the bernie bros and the elizabeth warren fans from way back during the primaries <laughs> so so long, long ago, ago um <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, maybe I'm, this is like a too cynical of a, of a perspective, but I think that the mere sentiment of people who try to portray Biden as boring or out of touch or not left enough or not progressive or liberal enough or, or too old or too old, like what, whatever, whatever their like, you know, projected dissatisfaction is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that all of those things when heard from, our demographic, our age group, our values-oriented group, our urban, right? Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. So a, lot of our, a lot of our friends and listeners live in urban areas. Those are all sentiments that really contribute to people not thinking that their vote matters when they, when they make their own calculus about um, how they attribute meaning to their vote. Right, right. Like talking about our dissatisfaction with Biden can reduce the enthusiasm for the candidate mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. end up with a non-vote or mm-hmm. third-party garbage vote. So this is probably a very unpopular opinion. Yeah, once the primaries, you know, that's when everybody gets to choose and put their full heart and soul and weight into what you know, candidate best represents them. But then after that, like right now, we, we, we have our, nom- we, we went through the, the democratic process and we ended up with the two folks. Joe mm-hmm. Biden and Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, I, I may not be 100% satisfied with them, but this is the person in, in a two party system. That's the hard truth. That's the hard reality that um, the process puts forth a compromise candidate, mm-hmm. but it's, um, I, I may not be super enthusiastic about it, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to publicize and continually share. Uh, how this candidate continually does not represent my vote and my values right two weeks out in election day right like joe biden should definitely ban fracking but the situation is that he can't because Mm -hmm. he needs his pennsylvania constituents Mm -hmm. to go with him um yes i totally totally get that and people need to stop hating on Biden because mm-hmm. he's like legitimately a great candidate. Mm-hmm. He's not perfect. Um, but he, I mean, we'll, we'll have our chance to push back on Biden once he gets elected. This is not to say that you can't grieve, you know, your favorite nominee from uh, due to the primary process and all that. But mm-hmm. Definitely, it is time to focus. Mm-hmm. Speaking of focusing, can you help me um, get more envelopes? Because I might have committed to writing 20 letters. <laughs> we don't have envelopes. Yeah. And we only have like five. Oh, okay. So 15 more envelopes. I'll add that to the to-do list. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Got it. So you're right. Like there is some lack of enthusiasm for biden but at the same time like right now 
there are all these pictures coming up showing long, long, long lines in mm. Texas and in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of enthusiasm and like all these new voters out there. Shout out to all our Gen Z listeners. Ooh, Zoomers. Zoomers. I mean, it's super, super exciting that potentially Biden may win in several of these swing states. I mean, not that Georgia and Texas are swing states, but <laughs> could. Yeah, but those are like... Far reach. Yeah, far reach. And just uh, if they were to flip, how how inspirational would that be? That would be like Obama ages. Yeah, for real. I mean, it's I I have my hopes up. i will i will confess in 2016 oh Oh boy what happened i didn't vote what well i know it was so long ago but so did i know this i don't remember this i mean i mean we didn't uh, meet that that long or that too far after we met in 2015. Right. So 2016 was going to be my first year of um, voting voting in general because I got naturalized in 2015. Mm. And I brought flowers to your ceremony service. Yeah. Yeah. That was so funny. I was So like, oh. many immigrants and only one beautiful girl with a bouquet. Thanks. And they were handing out, they were handing out American flags like candy. (laughs) That was so funny. That was so funny. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't end up voting because I was traveling that week and totally forgot to Mm. sign my ballot. Um, It's okay. I mean, (laughs) it's so much shame. So like, you know, right after 2016, the, right after the elections, all these polls came out saying like, giant groups of people around our age didn't vote oh yeah yeah there was so much so much apathy everyone Mm -hmm. just thought that um hillary clinton was going to be be elected and nobody really um had the enthusiasm you know Mm -hmm. and i just keep thinking like it's like a bunch of stories like mine that ended up with trump presidency Mm. yeah and you know what i've learned my lesson i haven't missed an election since (laughs) (laughs) and what you mean by that though is all of the the midterms for instance midterms the primaries Mm -hmm. the local elections i'm so proud of you (laughs) i've learned to vote yeah i'm practicing my civic duty oh yeah and everyone else should as well we have um an amazing opportunity to vote for kamala harris Woo! and i know that she's got kind of a strange history record whatever um but at the same time kamala harris has really really grown on me Mm. um yeah she has hasn't she she has quite a presence she's got She's got the swag when she walks off the airplane. Yeah, she's got that swag. She's got the Obama swag. Yeah. She's got... Yeah, she's just so um, 
inspiring in so many ways. And I'm so excited for the opportunity to have, um, you know, an Asian and um, Black American mm-hmm. represent mm-hmm. Um, us in this country. And that that debate, the vice presidential debate mm-hmm. was... <laughs> Which just was amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. All those faces, I will forever, I will forever remember them. All the faces of Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And anytime I'm being spoken over, I'm just be like, mm, I'm speaking. <laughs> With that face, I'm speaking. <laughs> so real quick. If you're in a swing state, which is Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Arizona, Florida, or even Georgia and Texas, it's even more important that you vote. Your state doesn't always vote Democrat nor Republican, so it matters doubly as much that you vote. Yay! Woo! Thank you so much for listening to this episode. This podcast is generously hosted by Diverging Mag, and our audio editor is Thomas Yang. Our music is by Chucky Kim, and the podcast artwork is created by Kelly Kamuri de Martel. For more premium snack content, you can follow us on Instagram at SPAC underscore snack, or you can also find us on Twitter at the same handle. We'd love to hear from you in the DMs about your thoughts, feedback, cravings, snack recommendations, etc. We always love hearing from you. Until next time, stay hungry, stay thirsty, and please get out the vote. Thank you. <laughs>